Welcome to worship at MCC Lehigh Valley. Jesus reminded the disciples, love one another as I have loved you. Jesus taught and witnessed to God's love. Love one another as I have loved you. Jesus encourages us to love each other with tenderness, compassion, and hope. Let us love one another as Christ loved us. Amen. You may be seated as we continue to worship. Christ be our guide. We are in sacred space. This is holy ground, and we have established praying ground. And we thank you, God, that you are present and that you have gifted us with this time of prayer, this time to be in communication with you, Lord God. We lift up to you, especially today, the people of Ukraine. Uh, we lift up to you uh, the partners of Metropolitan Community Church Denomination Access in Eastern Europe who are working on, on helping uh, LGBT activists exit Ukraine uh, to safer, uh, safer harbors. Uh, Lord God, we lift up to you not just the people of Ukraine, but uh, people everywhere who are continuing to experience war and dislocation, the people of Syria, Yemen, Ethiopia, all places, Lord God, that uh, continue to experience violence and uh, displacement. 
And Lord God, we also pray humbly uh, that you heal any divisions in our country, heal divisions in our cities, in our families, Lord God. And God, we lift up to you your church, Metropolitan Community Church of the Lehigh Valley. Lead us, guide us. We want to do your will, Lord God. And so as we pray together, what I'm going to do in just a moment, I'm going to pause for those who have prayer needs and you're worshiping in person. Just speak your prayer needs into that pause. For those who are worshiping online, uh, you can just type in your prayer requests right into the comments of that worship broadcast. And so let's lift up our prayer needs. Loving, loving God, you hear our prayers, you heal our lives. You are our redeemer and peacemaker. Lord God, you are the creator of the universe. We are grateful for this time of worship. We are especially thankful for the gift of your chosen one, Jesus, who models for us true leadership and humble service. Give each of us the will to be the servant of others as Christ was the servant of all. Show us in big and small ways, Lord God, that serving you and serving others brings meaning and purpose to our lives. Keep us alert to your ways. Help us to let go of the ways of the world. We open ourselves, God. We open ourselves during this time to your mercies, which are from generation to generation. We come to this worship service with the expectation that the Spirit will move during this time and will provide wisdom and revelation. All honor, glory, and praise to you, Lord God, forever and ever. Amen. Sitting at the feet of Jesus Oh, what words I hear Him say Happy place, so near, so precious May it find me there
today comes from chapter 13 of the Gospel according to John. Hear God's word for you. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to God. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that God had given all things into his hands and he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robes, and tied a towel around himself. Then Jesus poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, 
You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, one who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet and had put on his robe and had returned to the table, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Here ends today's reading. Praise God that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Praise God indeed. Will you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you. We humbly ask, Lord God, that you continue to pour out your spirit upon this worship gathering. Amen, amen. So we continue today with a series of messages titled Journey to the Cross or toward the cross, journey to the cross, toward the cross. As a faith community during the season of Lent, we journey with Jesus to the cross, the site of his greatest pain as well as his greatest victory. And a journey to the cross is naturally sad at times, but it's also joyous at times. And it's particularly joyous to hear about Jesus' model of leadership today from that Gospel of John. So throughout the season of Lent, we focus on John's gospel and John's version of Jesus' journey to the cross. Now, John tells us that Jesus has gathered for dinner with his closest followers. Now, in ancient times, people wore sandals uh, on their feet, uh, and their feet would get dusty and dirty as they went about their day-to-day -day tasks out and about in the community. So upon entering into a household for dinner, it was the task of an enslaved person to wash the feet of the guests. Now, as he often does, what does Jesus do? He flips the script. Jesus flips the script. Jesus doesn't stick to norms or expected behaviors. Instead of a servant doing the task of washing the feet of the guests, Jesus takes off his outer robe, he ties a towel around his waist, and he washes the feet of those who were gathered for dinner. Even Judas, the one whom Jesus knows will soon betray him. And it must have been an overwhelming moment for Jesus' followers to have their, their feet washed by their teacher, by their leader, by their savior. And Jesus' act of washing the feet of his followers was a radical act in his day, and it continues to be a radical act in our day. We live in a world that unfortunately too often craves a strong man 
type of leadership, right? Leadership that disrespects life and liberty and instead focuses on obtaining and maintaining power no matter the cost. And there are currently too many examples of a strongman approach to leadership, like most obviously with Putin in Russia, right? But there's also Xi in China, there's Orban in Hungary, Assad in Syria, Erdogan in Turkey, Bolsonaro in Brazil, and the list goes on and on, this, this strongman approach to leadership. So we are in desperate need of Jesus' model of leadership. Though let's be clear, Jesus' model of leadership is going to be mocked, it's going to be laughed at by many people. People may judge that serving others is a weakness rather than a strength. And yet we know that serving others is what Jesus calls us to each and every day. I think it's always good to do a check-in, to pause, to ask ourselves where we're at in this calling to serve others, and we're all called to serve others. We don't just sort of watch Jesus serve others and go, yay, Jesus, we're all called uh, to serve others. And on this next slide, there's a quotation from the late J. Hampton uh, Keithley. What does he say? The real test of whether we are truly maturing and learning to become a Christ-like servant is how we act when people treat us like one. And let's all say, ooh, ooh. How we act when people treat us like a servant. Ouch. Now, Keith Lee, he was a pastor and a biblical scholar. He gets at some of the challenge of serving others at all times, not just when it's convenient for us, not just when we're admired for our service or when we're thanked, for our service. Now, anyone here, has anyone here ever worked a job in customer service? Uh, yep, uh, wow, okay, yes, uh, many people. Uh, you know how challenging it can be to keep up the good energy, right? To keep up that good energy with unhappy people or angry people or just garden variety frustrated people. Uh, but it's not just customer service work that involves serving others. Most jobs come with some element of serving others in some way. And in the church, the ideal is that we understand first and foremost, we're serving God. Fundamentally, foundationally, our service is to God and to the glory of God. We're not at the center, God is at the center. And from that center, we serve God's people and we graciously accept the service of others. Now, it is reasonable to walk into any church and expect to be served. And I'm gonna say that again, totally reasonable to walk into any church and expect to be served. How does a church serve its community? Well, by presenting a weekly worship service, right? offering weekly spiritual growth classes, offering weekly prayer opportunities, as well as opportunities to serve the wider community. So it's reasonable to walk into any church and expect also a response to a care need, right? Someone who needs a loved one uh, visited in the hospital or someone who just needs to talk about a difficulty. And I am forever grateful for all of the churches along my journey who served me. And how did they serve me? By offering worship, Bible study, prayer, care, 
Because these churches were willing to serve, I grew in God. And it's reasonable for churches to expect their members to serve God and God's beloved ones. And let's remember that every person in the universe is one of God's beloved ones. Jesus calls us to be inclusive in our service, always to be inclusive. Now, another question then for reflection is on our next slide. Do I want to be served or do I want to serve? And here's the secret. It's okay to say yes to both. There's no need to go to extreme in our responses. No one serves every moment of every day, even Jesus, right? For instance, Jesus was served meals along his journey. Uh, an MCCLV church member uh, once told me uh, they were in a job where they were constantly serving people. And they were also single, and therefore they had all of the household duties to tend to regularly. Now this person, they liked their job and they were fine with being single. But this church member mentioned to me that it was very important to him to go to a sit-down restaurant at least once a week so that he could be served by someone else. And I really appreciated this church member's awareness of his needs and his commitment to not just serving, again, he was in a job where he was serving all the time, his commitment to not just serving, but also to accepting service. Now, I do want to add as an aside that it's especially important for women and members of minority groups to be careful and aware and set boundaries when it comes to serving. Oftentimes, women and minority community members are automatically expected to serve in certain settings, and it's important to ensure that assumptions are never made about serving based on a person's externals. Okay, I went to a training once during my undergraduate years, and it was about women in the workplace. And the trainer advised women to not be the one in the office who always makes the coffee, and to not be the one in the office who always remembers the birthday, or who always brings the energy to a meeting. Too often, women are expected to support in all situations, but then are not provided support. So we have to take care to ensure that uh, we are serving, but at the same time, we're not being taken advantage of uh, in our service, okay? Uh, that there's not unfair assumptions there. On the other hand, it's also so important that we don't make assumptions in the opposite direction. Sometimes people assume that people who happen to be elderly or people who are differently abled, or people with a chronic illness. Sometimes we think uh, folks in these groups desire to be served at all times, but that is false. Most people want to serve. And so it's important that we, we provide a variety of meaningful ways for people to serve God and to serve one another so that no one is excluded from those service opportunities. Now, amen, yeah, so uh, some folks might be thinking at this point, okay, well, I'm good with serving, I'm good with being served, but this whole washing feet thing, no way. Count me out of that, 
I'm not going to have my feet washed by someone else, even if it's Jesus, and I'm not into washing other people's feet. And it's, it's not for everyone, okay? Jesus offers his followers a very intimate act of service. Now, on occasion, we have offered a foot washing at MCCLV during Holy Week. Uh, though the first time uh, that we offered it, um, I forgot to put warm water in the basins. And so people were invited to partake in a freezing cold uh, foot bath. Now people forgave my rookie mistake, praise be to God, people forgave it. Uh, but the cold water, it was an unintentional act of anti-hospitality. There are actually a lot of details involved in serving others well. And part of growing as a servant in Christ is a willingness to tend to the details. Now, in the scripture reading today from John, uh, Peter has some issues with the whole setup. And he is really uncomfortable with the idea of Jesus stooping over and washing his feet. And so Peter says to Jesus, you will never wash my feet. And Jesus says to Peter, well, here's the deal. Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. And Jesus is making it clear to Peter that this foot washing is not about hygiene. It's about spirituality. This is a spiritual act. First century Palestine, the streets were dirt streets. Right? So people's feet would get muddy. There was manure all over the place. Sorry, too much information, right? But it's all over the place. Now, for people who had money, a household servant would be there at the door with a bowl and a pitcher of water, and they would wash the feet of their employer. Now, those without a lot of money would wash their own feet. So this act of, of washing feet, it wasn't a ceremonial thing. It was an everyday kind of task, kind of like brushing our teeth. So part of the brilliance, though, of Jesus is he takes these everyday tasks and he infuses them with spiritual importance. And so a simple meal becomes an opportunity to share in communion. A conversation becomes an opportunity to experience healing. A foot washing is an opportunity to understand true spiritual leadership. So Jesus tells Peter, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. In other words, Jesus is saying, unless you are willing to let me wash your feet, you're not a part of this Jesus movement. If Peter wants to be a part of the journey of Jesus, he has to be willing to let Jesus serve him. And Peter is persuaded. He even gets excited. He says, Jesus, wash my feet, but also my, my hands and my head. And, and Jesus is kind of like, whoa, hey, Peter, slow down. This isn't a time for a group shower. You're already clean, okay? And then Jesus explains what the foot washing is to mean. Jesus says, as I have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. What's the point of all this? The point is humble service. Jesus serves his followers, and his followers are to serve one another. And notice that Jesus does not say, since I washed your feet, you should wash my feet. That's what the world wants us to believe, right? That we give so that we can get something back. I did something for you, now you do something for me. Jesus models a different type of giving, right? A sacrificial kind of giving. 
And Jesus calls his followers to give in the same way, to give sacrificially. We give in a way so that people feel that they don't owe us anything. We are to humble ourselves with others and not expect them to humble themselves with us. The point of humble service is not to get something back. The point of humble service is to do as Jesus did and to grow spiritually. Now, the Apostle Paul describes how Jesus operated in a way that was completely opposite of the culture. The world wants us to take and to take and to get ahead to be the boss over others. The world wants us to position ourselves in a way that we tell others what to do. And Paul says, that's not the way of Jesus. In chapter two of Philippians, there's that beautiful passage. Paul writes, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. But Jesus emptied himself taking the form of a servant, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So the purpose of Jesus' foot washing was not to make feet all sparkling clean. The purpose was for the leader to show humility. And in cleaning the feet, Jesus was helping the disciples to clean out the soul, to be refreshed and renewed. The world can be a dirty place. The world can be a corrupt place. We can get caught up in all sorts of negative things. Now, the Greek word cosmos means world. And the word cosmos is found actually 40 times in John's gospel. And typically, uh, John portrays the world, uh, cosmos, as the world being under the sway of Satan and in rebellion against God. Now, of course, God doesn't give up on the world that God created. God doesn't abandon the world, but sends Jesus to save the world. And when Jesus departs from the world, the expectation is that the disciples will continue to share the good news with the world so that the entire world would come to salvation. The process didn't stop with the first disciples, continues with all disciples in the 21st century. We live in a world that is in rebellion against God. Just one glance at the news <laughs> reveals this. We live in a world that is in rebellion against God. And we have a choice. We can join that fight against God, or we can join in the good work of God and embrace the ways of peace and grace and servanthood. On this last slide is our last question for reflection. But must I go to the cross? This seems pretty extreme, but the answer is yes. Followers of Jesus must go to the cross with Christ. Now, while it is highly unlikely that any of us will ever be executed by the state for our religious views, we still journey to the cross with Jesus, willing to lay down our lives if necessary, willing to surrender our wants and our needs to the glory of God and the well-being of God's people. And let's remember this. There are plenty of Christians in other parts of the world who are persecuted 
for their Christian beliefs. There's evidence of Christians in China being placed in detention camps along with Uyghur Muslims. Not all countries have the same religious freedoms as the United States, where we're free to practice religion without interference from the government or without fear of being imprisoned. So at its most basic, journeying with Jesus to the cross is about facing Christ's death and facing our own deaths. We will all die, but the miracle of the cross reminds us that death does not have the last word. Praise be to God. The Roman Empire used the cross as a way to intimidate people, but God turned that instrument of terror into a glorious reminder of eternal life. While we all die, we all experience the resurrection. We take our place at the heavenly banquet table where there is endless feasting and rejoicing. So we take the journey with Jesus to the cross as a way to serve God, as a way to serve God's people. Now Jesus will take this service to its extreme, right? He'll die on the cross as a means of salvation for every person. While we may not go to the same extreme, along that journey to the cross, there are multiple opportunities to join in solidarity with people who are suffering oppression in any form. Whether it's homeless people we serve in our towns or, or refugees we welcome, or families that we care for who are going through a difficulty, it's all part of serving God and serving God's beloved ones along the journey. Now, we may not wash someone's feet, but surely we can provide money to someone so they can launder their clothes. A journey to the cross necessitates some sacrifice, a willingness to give over what we cling to so very tightly. Now, thankfully, we are not forced to go on this journey with Jesus. It's completely our own decision. We can say, no thanks. We cannot start the journey. We can exit any time during the journey. After all, the disciples, what did they do? They exited the journey to the cross at various times. Doesn't mean that they're loved any less by God. The disciples are human, and we are human, which means what? We flake out sometimes, or we doubt like Thomas, or we deny like Peter, or we betray like Judas. We choose the things of this world over the things of God time and time again, and yet time and time again, God forgives us, God restores us, God affirms us, God calls us to serve God's people. And God has given us the energy, God has given us the love needed to serve, and we have a savior who serves right along with us, a leader who is willing to stoop down and wash our feet and who renews us all of our days. And so church, let's pray. Thank you so much, Lord God, for this model of true leadership, this model of servant leadership that you show us through Jesus, who stoops down and washes the feet of the disciples. And we won't forget uh, the second part of Jesus' message. Not only does he uh, wash the feet of his disciples, he tells them that they must wash each other's feet. They must serve uh, one another. 
And we know, God, that all of our serving here, all of our serving is about serving you. So keep us centered in you. You know how we are so prone to wander, Lord God, to uh, let our thoughts wander, our lives wander away from you. So return us once again, restore us once again, renew us once again, Lord God. Give us renewed energy to serve you and to serve your beloved ones. And how awesome that each and every one of us, we are your beloved ones. All praise to you, Lord God. Amen and amen. Good morning, everyone. My name is Ray Joseph, and I bring you greetings from MCCLV. Now, one of the reasons I give to God through MCCLV is because of the amazing work the Outreach and Justice Ministry does in the community all year round. MCCLV's Outreach and Justice Ministry works with the Bethlehem Emergency Shelter by helping to provide meals for those who are experiencing homelessness and food insecurity during the winter months and assisting with their bagged lunch program in the summer. The Outreach and Justice Ministry also represents MCCLV at various pride festivals throughout the summer, bringing God's inclusive message to those who need to hear it. The Outreach and Justice Ministry also does various collections throughout the year to assist all those in need. It is for these reasons and others that I donate to MCCLV. Now, if you are unemployed or underemployed and are unable to donate at this time, MCCLV asks that you keep MCCLV in your prayers. However, if you are in a financial position to donate today, you can donate by going to MCCLV's website, www.mcclv.org, and click on the donate buttons on the homepage. Or, you can go to www.givebutter.com forward slash MCCLV. Now you can also write a check made out to MCCLV and mail it to the church at 1401 Greenview Drive, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, 18088. God has given us every good thing. Let us now return a portion to God of all that God has so graciously given to us. Loving God, we are so grateful for this time of worship, this time of connecting and reconnecting with you and with your people. We thank you especially for this gift of communion, this reminder of the forgiveness and love that you pour out day after day. Amen. 
If you could please rise as able, let's join in saying together our commission and blessing. Now may the grace of God go with us. May God's face shine upon us. May we carry God's peace into the world, offering the wholeness and healing we have received. May we never cease to love and endure until the work is finished. Amen. Love and serve the Lord. Vaya con Dios. Walk with God. Amen.